pays off. Dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. Ah, yes, the immortal words of Scott Hall. Yep. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. And I've had some bad times this year. Of course, I'm not a bad guy. You know, I'm a good guy. I try to be. But, you know, as they say, they don't last, but bad guys do. This is Wrestle Talk Wednesday right here on Matt's World. I am Matthew Burris. This is my world, and you all just live in it. And before we get into our first real segment, got me some uh, pomegranate health aid kombucha as the kombucha of the day. I'm going to open this up. And there we go. Yep, and pomegranate is another one of my favorites, and I like anything pomegranate. I like pomegranate, yeah, I like pomegranate juice, and I like, you know, uh, pomegranate um, kombucha. But pomegranate juice is actually pretty good, too, you know, especially when it's mixed with blueberry, yeah, blueberry or raspberry, because that helps with your mental health. Well... Not just your mental health, but your physical health, too. <laughs> and, well, cheers. Now that I took in my swig, let's get right in to the top five wrestling news of the day. Top five stories, so let's get right into it. Coming in at number five... It is the women's tournament, the women's breakout tournament. Roxanne Perez, she advances, and so does Lash Legend. And next week on NXT, there'll be the semi-finals. Yep, there's going to be the uh, semi-finals and... The way that this tournament is looking right now, I mean, it's set up in the bracket that uh, we might get Lash Legend and um, uh, what's her name? Um, I'm blanking out on the name already. I can't believe that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, that's. Oh, Nikita Lyons. Yeah, Nikita Lyons. That's her name. Uh, Nikita Lyons. Uh, we're going to get that match up again. And that's the way the tournament is looking. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I like Nikita Lyons. Slash Legend is okay. I like her more 
I think she would do much better as a manager or when she does like those uh, interview segments, you know, but, uh, you know, kind of like a Wendy Williams wannabe. But um, as a wrestler, she's okay for me. Yeah, she's just okay. And number four is tonight, right here on the, I mean, right on AEW. Yep, on AEW tonight, we have the men's tournament semifinals. We have Adam Cole, baby, taking on Jeff Hardy. And we have Samoa Joe taking on the Joker. I don't know who the Joker is going to be on this one. I mean, part of me wants to say that this will probably be... um, It'll probably be um, Karrion Cross, But, uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean... um, Karen Cross, I mean, last time I heard, he got married. I think he might still be on his honeymoon, but uh, you never know. And on the women's side of the tournament, um, just looking at it right here, uh, Tony Storm, uh, she will be. Yeah, she will also be taking on a Joker, I believe. No, sorry, that's uh, Britt Baker. Uh, Britt Baker, she's set to take on the uh, Joker. And my take on that, that'll probably most likely be uh, Ember Moon, uh, the girl who used to be uh, Ember Moon. I mean, I think uh, that'll be her that winds up being the Joker. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see on that. And as for Tony Storm, uh, Tony Storm, she's in the tournament. She is going to be taking on. Let's see. Oh, trying to. I'm trying to read for this here. I'm not seeing it here. But uh, yeah, she. Yeah, she'll be uh, wrestling. I forget who she's wrestling in the tournament, but uh, yeah, it should be uh, should be interesting though. Um, well, she takes on the winner of uh, Tony Storm and uh, Britt Baker. Yeah, I know that there's gonna be Chris Statliner and um, and Jade um, and Jade. I mean, that one I'm looking forward to as well. So, yeah, that's what we got there. For the tournament coming in at number four and coming in at number three also on AEW Dynamite we have a sit down between William Regal and Chris Jericho obviously this is going to lead to a match between the two factions uh, the Jericho um, Appreciation Society and the Blackpool Combat Club at Double or Nothing. And, you know, I really hope it's, um, 
I really hope it's a street fight or something. I mean, I know people are saying, like, well, that could lead to the Blood and Guts. Yeah, Blood and Guts uh, event. I don't know, but, uh, you know, I hope we see them uh, face off soon, though. Yeah, I hope we see them um, face off soon. All right. And coming in at number two on Monday Night Raw, Asuka won her number one contenders match against Becky Lynch. And she is set to take on Bianca Belair at Hell in a Cell. I I think this is going to get turned into a triple threat match. I mean, we all know WWE... I mean, the way that they were working it, I mean, it looks like it was going to lead to a triple threat match, but, um, so I don't expect this to just be a one-on-one -on -one match between Bianca and, uh, Asuka, so I think it's going to be a triple threat match, and, of course, Bianca is going to walk out with the title, I mean, no ifs, ands, or buts about it, she's walking out with the belt, they just put the belt back on her. And finally, also on Monday Night Raw, Sasha Banks and Naomi, the women's tag team champions, uh, they were actually supposed to be in the six-pack challenge of the main event to determine the number one contender for the WWE Raw women's title, but reportedly they walked out. And... Here's what WWE wrote on here. When so yeah, this is WWE in regards to Naomi and Sasha. When Sasha Banks and Naomi arrived at the arena this afternoon, they were informed of their participation in the main event of tonight's Monday Night Raw. During the broadcast, they walked into WWE Head of Talents Relations John Laurinaitis' office with their suitcase in hand, placed their tag team championships belts on his desk and walked out. They claimed they weren't respected enough as tag team champions. And even though they had eight hours to rehearse and construct their match, they claimed they were uncomfortable in the ring with two of their opponents, even though they had matches with those individuals in the past with no consequences. Monday Night Raw is a scripted live TV show whose characters are expected to perform the requirements of their contract. We regret we were unable to deliver as advertised tonight's main event. And a lot of people are talking, you know, like, is this a work? Is this a shoot? Personally, I think that this is a shoot. I really think that they really did walk out and really does not surprise me uh, because Sasha Banks in the past has had difficulties dealing with the WWE creative team. And even though she has been a women's world champion, she's been... Um, I think this makes her now a three-time women's tag team champion. But, you know, she was burnt out um, after Wrestle, after uh, WrestleMania 36, and then she left for a while. And so we didn't see her until, like, after SummerSlam. No, wait, sorry, after WrestleMania 35. My apologies. So this would not surprise me. A little surprised at Naomi because, um, you know, Naomi, you know, is married to one of the Usos and, you know, 
of course, this was her first um, women's tag team title. I mean, granted, I don't think she'll probably ever get back into the um, to the spotlight of main event, you know. But you know, she seems to be doing pretty well for herself. Now, as far as what they did, as far as a, what I think about what they did, yes, you're not supposed to walk out. Uh, especially if you have a contract, because, you know, you're not just walking out on the company, you're walking out on the fans who paid to see you that night, and that's really unprofessional, and yeah, it may have worked out for Stone Cold and CM Punk, who, you know, took their balls and they went home, but, you know, every situation isn't gonna turn out great like they did, and also... What's to say that another promotion won't hire them, you know? Because they'll be thinking, well, if I hire one of these girls and if they don't get their way, then they might walk out on me, you know? And that's the reality of it, you know? It's a business. Yes, WWE has done some fucked up shit. Yes, the way that the... You know, the writing is completely fucked up. You know, we always hear about Vince McMahon changing things at the last minute or at the last hour, and I'm not a big fan of that. But at the but at the same time, you know, you have to do your job. You have a contract. And you know what? Honor your contract. Just honor your contract, and then once it's up, you can go and do whatever you want. And... I really hope that uh, this really isn't the end for these two, and I really hope that they, um, well, I hope that they wind up someplace happy, or better yet, I hope they get, they be happy, like, you know, outside of wrestling, too, you know, maybe this is a, maybe they need to step away from wrestling, especially Sasha Banks, you know, I mean, Sasha, I mean... You know, we hear about the burnouts and, you know, frustrations and stuff like that. And I understand that. Maybe it's a sign that maybe she needs to go on to a different career. You know, I mean, she... I mean, she was on the second season of The Mandalorian. You know, who's to say that she can't really get back into acting? You know, you know maybe she can star in movies or be on a TV series. You know, I mean... That's how I see it, but uh, once I have more developing news, I'll bring it all to you guys. And now, I'm going to get into my other segment called Taking It to the Mat. Now, for this segment here, Taking It to the Mat, this is where I give my thoughts and my opinions on things in the wrestling world, or one major thing in the wrestling world. And one of the things I want to talk about, of course, is Scott Hall and his, um, you know, and his past. You know, I mean, um, we all know the man struggled with his demons and, and what have you. I mean, he was clean for a while, you know, thanks to DDP. I mean, DDP has been a, a lifesaver for the wrestling business, you know, um, you know, he helped get Jake the Snake Roberts clean, and of course Jake right now is, um, you know, he's having a little problems, you know, breathing, you know, getting 
because you know because of the cancer and you know he has a yeah i think he has an oxygen uh tank uh hooked up to him now you know like a little breathing tank now i mean but of course that comes also from years of uh of smoking cigarettes as well but you know nonetheless you know ddp really did try to help scott you know get his life back on track and it worked for a while but then according to sean waltman x-pac one two three kid six six pack lightning kid kamikaze kid <laughs> uh yeah so many names that during the pandemic you know scott he fell off the wagon you know and i think the the pandemic you know it really affected people uh differently and you know with scott he went back to the bottle and they even say that at the hall of fame last year when the nwo was getting inducted that uh he was like at the bar he was slurring his words and what have you and you know and it's sad it's tragic you know especially for a guy who had to battle so many demons but you know i could tell that he really tried you know he really tried and that's all we can do in this world is just try you know and i said it before on uh episode two it was episode number two of um well it was not episode number two but uh the second episode of mental health monday when i used that michael jordan quote you know i can accept failure but what i cannot accept is not trying and with scott hall i can definitely relate because I am also an alcoholic as I mentioned before and I'm actually going to talk about this more on Mental Health Monday you know I mean of course it wasn't like you know Scott Hall you know where it's like I you know like I was drinking almost every day and what have you but um But, you know, it was binge drinking. You know, I wasn't one of those alcoholics that woke up and just like, you know, oh, I gotta, I need to have a drink. You know, I gotta have a drink. You know, it was, um, you know, it was like once I started with one drink, I couldn't stop. You know, and this year, um, this year has really kicked my ass you know i've had uh kidney stones i had a you know i contracted covid you know i had a bad valentine's day um i um i have a friend who's not speaking to me right now and um of course it was um i mean i'm not gonna get too much into it you know i don't want to put put her on the spot or anything but um all i can say is that it was um it was my fault and i let my anxiety get the best of me and i hope maybe sometime this summer we can um we can patch things up and 
throughout all that, it made me want to have a drink. And, you know, I don't live too far from, um, from the liquor stores. I mean, I'm not going to tell you where I live, but, um, I live about, uh, maybe 10, 15 minutes away from one liquor store that's, uh, down the street from a Walgreens and then, uh, another 10, 15 minutes on a, near a train station, there's, um, there's a stop and shop and there's also a liquor store there and yeah in that liquor store I've um you know I've gotten drinks there as well and the one thing that always um that I always kept in mind was that you know if I started with one even if that one drink that's gonna Take all the edge off. It's going to make, you know, the problems go away just for a little bit. Even for a little bit, I'm going to want another. And that's why I cannot drink. And, of course, with Scott, you know, there was, um, you know, there was, um, of course, there was one incident, um, everyone knows this, if you saw him on, uh, E60, and of course he's talked about it, um, plenty of times in shoot interviews, is that, um, he actually, uh, killed a person in self-defense, because, uh, the man was, had a knife, and he was gonna stab him, and there was a struggle, and then Scott, uh, you know, stabbed no, I think he either stabbed or he shot the guy. I think he stabbed him. And the police uh, ruled it um, justifiable homicide. So it was either him or the other dude. And Scott, um, you know, it stuck, it stuck with him. You know, it's really stuck with him. And um, that's why, you know, he was on, he was on pills and he was on alcohol and... You know, you saw him in WCW, like in, like, 98, you know, you see him struggling with, you know, with the booze and, you know, even throwing up on, um, you know, on Eric Bischoff and, you know, see him come out stumble and drunk. And, of course, the worst was when he was at a independent show and he showed up late, he was in a jacket and trying to look cool and he had to get help you know, to the ring, and slurring his words, going like, you, yeah, yeah, he did, that's the other thing, too, he never really got out of that, um, you know, he never really got out of that, um, Tony Montana, you know, Scarface, um, accent, you know, he never really got out of that, even when he went back to WCW, you know, he was still doing the yeah, yo, and the Chico, and, you know, and the Tupic, and all that stuff, um, and that was really a sign that he really needed help, and, you know, he had hit his bottom. For me, I hit my bottom when, um, you know, I, I realized that, um, you know, I had been, um, I had been drinking, um, 
you know, for my podcast, my Enter the Batcave podcast, and, um, you know, I was drinking for sporting events, you know, I was, uh, you know, drinking when I was stressed out, you know, it was almost like I was looking for any excuse to drink, and then, of course, it would be a six-pack, and, um, you know, I'd you know, I'd have a six-pack, and sometimes I would drink a whole six-pack in one night. I mean, I would try to leave, like, three. Like, I'd drink three and then try to be that, you know, that's it. But then, you know, I start getting in a good mute mood, and I just start, you know, I just start going. And, and that, and that was pretty much, um, you know, my, my, you know, my life when I was, um, when I was drinking, you know, I mean, um, you know, I would get drunk and, uh, you know, and, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I was a happy drunk, you know, I wasn't like, I wasn't like angry or depressed or anything like that. It was more of a happy drunk, but then, um, you know, it was really getting bad, you know, I mean, of course, when I first started drinking, you know, I mean, I, I mean, it would be a six pack. I mean, then, it, I mean, I would get six packs and twelve packs, but I wouldn't drink it like a whole thing in one day. But then, you know, as the years went by, you know, it'd be six packs, it'd be twelve packs, and um, I remember I had like ten, twelve um, of the twenty-four ounce cans because I would drink. Um, the Bud Light Margaritas, and I'd just be drinking those like it was juice, and and it was, um, you know, and it was really, uh, it was really bad. It was really bad. And then, um, I realized that I had a problem. You know, I went to, um, I went to Arbor um, Hospital's uh, day treatment program, and you know I also went there because of depression and all the other stuff, and you know it was um, you know it got really bad, and then um, oh of course my last time drinking would be on New Year's Eve. I mean that would be. My last time drinking and after that uh since then i've been clean and sober for about four months now yeah so i've been clean and sober for four months it'll be five months in june and um while i'm on that i want to thank uh another one of my friends sansi uh Thank you, girl, for being there. You know, uh, thank you for being such a good friend and and always being proud of me. And you know, and you're the you're the best friend I ever had. And I love you, girl. And with Scott Hall, unfortunately, I mean. Um, I mean, of course he had his friends, you know, like X-Pac and Hunter and Kevin Nash and 
DDP and Shawn Michaels and, you know, they all tried to help him, you know, I mean, because, I mean, there were times when he actually, you know, thought about committing suicide, you know, he would call and say like, hey, I'm going to kill myself, you know, I'm going to say goodbye. And of course, uh, they had to talk him off the ledge and... And you know what, and that was a good thing, you know, because it's good to have friends like that and to always be in your corner. And yeah, the man had his demons. Yeah, he partied hardied and yeah, it somewhat overshadowed his wrestling career. But, you know, when I think of Scott Hall, you know, I mean, I don't think about the, um, I don't think about you know, getting arrested for being drunk or, you know, drugs or falling off the wagons or, or anything like that. You know, I think about his time in WWF as Razor Ramon. I think about, you know, having one of the greatest intercontinental title matches in WrestleMania history. Of course, I say one of them because, you know, Steamboat and Savage from WrestleMania 3 will always be number one. But number two, a strong number two will be uh, Razor and Sean at WrestleMania 10, the ladder match. And I actually um, I actually rented uh, WrestleMania 10 from a blockbuster when I started getting into wrestling. And I remember watching that match, and I remember liking it and being amazed with it. And still to this day is one of my favorite matches, you know, and... Um, and yeah, you know, we all know that Stampede Wrestling, you know, they did it first. And Brett and Sean, they did it on a, you know, on a on a non-televised event. They actually did it for a Coliseum home video. Um, I think it was, yeah, it was uh, Smack'em Whack'em. Yeah, Smack'em Whack'em. It was on there. But... You know, that ladder match, uh, that was the first to be televised. And then, of course, that led to the rematch at uh, SummerSlam 95 the next year. And that match is just as good as their other ladder match. And, of course, it gets overshadowed by the WrestleMania 10 match. And also when i think of scott hall you know i think of the catchphrase you know the yo chico you know and say hello to the bad guy <laughs> and of course that toothpick you know we all remember that toothpick having the toothpick in his mouth and you know throwing it right at the camera i mean and actually for the longest time i actually thought he was uh hispanic i thought well maybe he's um you know, Puerto Rican, or maybe he's half Puerto Rican, and of course I find out he was just a white guy, <laughs> just a white guy with a Cubano um, accent, <laughs> and actually some people still to this day thought that he was actually Hispanic, you know, but he also had wrestled in Puerto Rico, you know, he actually wrestled in Puerto Rico before, um, yeah, I think he wrestled in Puerto Rico before he went to the AWA, you know, when he, um, when he incurred Henning, Mr. Perfect, they won the AWA uh, tag team titles. And then, of course, he went in his first run in WCW. He, 
he was um you know gator scott hall and then of course later they he changed it to uh the diamond stud yeah the diamond stud of course uh he was managed by ddp and you saw a little bit of the characteristics of um a razor ramon in there and of course, uh, that didn't last long. I think that lasted up until um, up until like early '92, and then uh, he left for the WWF, and the rest, as they say, is history. And Scott Hall, he'll forever be a legend, two-time Hall of Famer. You know, he was part of some of the greatest moments in Monday Night Raw and Monday Nitro. And also one of the greatest Intercontinental Champions of all time as well. Four-time Intercontinental Champion. I mean, just amazing. And nothing more can be said other than say goodnight to the bad guy. <laughs> and now we're going to get into our next segment, which is WWE Home video review alright this is my WWE home video uh, review this is a review of wrestling bloopers bleeps and body slams uh, actually I already recorded this but then when I went to go record my other segment uh, wouldn't allow me uh, for some reason Hub Hopper only allows me to do up to six recordings so I'm gonna combine this with the classic match and I'm gonna make this review short and sweet um, this was released uh, April 12th 1985 wrestlings bloopers bleeps and body slams pretty much uh, before dazzling dunks and basketball bloopers for all you NBA fans who are probably listening to this there was this one Although, I gotta warn you, this is not worth, well, probably not worth watching if you want to be entertained, but for nostalgic reasons, you might want to watch this, especially if you're a fan of uh, old school 80s uh, wrestling comedy. Now, here's what to skip. You can skip the 10-man tag match because this... You know, this is very short, and we only get a short clip uh, of this match. Uh, it goes up to where Andre sticks his bout out and hits Don Morocco. Um, you can also skip the love advice segments with uh, Vince McMahon, Freddie Blassie, uh, and um, Captain Lou Albano, and there was someone... Alice, who was also on this one. Yep. Yeah, I think that was pretty much it. I mean, because those ones uh, pretty much sucked. Uh, the match between Iron Mike Sharp and Steve Gray, uh, that one's a short match. Um, you can definitely skip that one. Uh, you can also skip the segment where Tiger Chun Lee tries to break his run brick with his hand and of course he can't clearly he's no um mr miyaki and let's see what else to skip 
trying to see here, looking through my notes. Oh, yeah, you can also skip the uh, segment where they have Kamala um, trying to bite off the head of a chicken. Of course, uh, doesn't age pretty well. I mean, he doesn't really bite off the head of a chicken, though. We see him with covered in feathers, and that one's no good. Um... You can also skip the, uh, yeah, there's like two, um, yeah, there's a segment there with, uh, Captain Lou Albano and the, <clears throat> you know, the love advice thing. Um, let's see. And you can also skip the... Oh, yeah, the love segment with uh, Luscious Johnny Valiant. Yeah, that one you can definitely skip. So the love sec advice segments with Captain Lou, Classy Freddy Bla Blassie, and Luscious Johnny Valiant. Yeah, you can skip those. Now, as far as the ones not to skip, there's the legendary segment with Cindy Lauper, Captain Lou Albano, and Rowdy Ronnie Piper. There's the cooking food segment with the Wild Samoans. Yeah, most of the segments are from TNT, by the way. And you can also um, watch the Hulkster with his uh, Hulk shake. And he was also selling his vitamins. Of course, as we all know, it was more than just training prayers and vitamins that gave Hulk that physique. Wink, wink. We also get uh, Andre the Giant, um, you know, showing off his clothes. Most of his clothes he got from Japan, except for his boots. Uh, his boots come from Texas, and then we see him try to sing, try to do the fish song. And, of course, he doesn't really sing. He just, uh, you know, he just winds up making a fish face and pretending to swim. But it also showed off his uh, playful side, so that was pretty good. So that one's worth watching. You also get a segment with, um, you know, Doc, I mean, with uh, Dick Murdoch and Adrian Adonis uh, going to New York. That one is worth watching. We also get the tag team title match between the Wild Samoans against Rocky Johnson and Tony Atlas. And it's short, but it's sweet. You know, the moment itself, you know, I gave it four stars. And then, of course, we have the wedding between uh, Paul Vachon and uh, Captain Lou Albano. And actually, during the uh, ceremony, uh, Captain Lou, uh, he actually made this good poem. He said, I got, girl, I got a girl who lives on the hill. She won't, but her sister will. Oh, that's a dice clay kind of poem there. And then, of course, that ends in a food fight, and it's ridiculous, so... And that's actually the last segment of the video, so... It starts off bad, and then it ends strong. And my final grade for it is a C+. If you're a fan of 80s wrestling comedy, then this video is for you. As for me, some of the jokes are really dated and not funny, but there are some that are great and funny, especially the wedding segment 
we don't get much matches on this one and the ones that are on here are cut short so if you want a video that shows great wrestling matches then this is not for you no no this is clearly not for you the video started out bad but ended on a high note for nostalgic reasons, it's good to watch if you do a WWF home video marathon, which I plan to do sometime in the summer. But if you do watch this, uh, I would skip past half of this. Um, this video is like 1 hour and 18 minutes long, so uh, there is some stuff that you should uh, definitely skip past. Yeah, most definitely uh, skip past and mildly recommended. Yeah, I mildly, mildly recommend this. And now for our classic match, we are gonna go back to August 8th, 1992 on WWF Superstars. And in this one, Scott Hall makes his wrestling debut as the bad guy. Razor Ramon. And in this one, he makes his debut against Chris Van Lee. Uh, I mean, Vandell, sorry. Chris Vandell. And Chris Vandell is the father of Leah Vandell who you fans may know as Carmella. Yep, Carmella's father was a jobber, and, you know, you may have seen him on WWF Superstars and, you know, also working dark matches. And, yeah, he was, uh, you know, he was a job guy, um, never won any matches. Of course, uh, his daughter has worked out pretty well himself, I mean herself. And now we're going to get into the match. Of course, uh, Mr. Perfect and Vincent Kennedy McMahon are on commentary. So, without further ado, let's get right into the action. Oh, sorry, it's Paul Vandell. Sorry, my bad. Paul Vandell. occasion out of this. 
And here we go. Turn the commentary down so you can hear my commentary. Yep, Paul Vandal. Vandell against the bad guy. Scott picks him up. Oh, slams him. Oh, now he stomps on him. Now Scott's got him in the corner. Oh, open hand chop right to the gut. Oh, no one to the gut. Oh, and another one. And oh, and there's Paul and hammering him with forearms. Throws him in the corner and oh, Scott with a boot to the face. Or I should say razor. And oh, stomps right on the side of his head. Oh, and he stomps on his head again. And now, oh, a right hand. Now picks him up, choke slam. Yep, that was one of his signature moves. One hand choke slam. Yep, and before he made his uh, wrestling debut in the WWF, he had been doing vignettes, you know, of him stealing and you know riding around in a car and stuff. Yeah, we saw the you know the Bachit. Yeah, the Al Pacino impression of him and, you know, from Scarface, you know, the Cubano accent. Now he's in the ring and now, oh, places Paul right on the top turnbuckle. Now, belly to back suplex. And now... Signaling for the razor's edge. Uh-oh. Here it comes. He's got him up. Voices him up. And... Boom! One, two, three. One in the win column, and one more for the bad guy. Oh, sorry. My brother was uh, trying to call me there. historical reasons highly recommend you uh watch this match uh tremendous seeing you know scott hall's uh debuted here in the wwf and yeah what more needs to be said it was a great debut and that is gonna do it okay my brother is calling me so i gotta end this real quick um Friday, I will be doing Fun Day Friday, and I'll be talking about Kung Fu. Yep, be talking about some Kung Fu movies. 
gonna give you guys uh, some of my favorite uh, kung fu films and talk about some of my favorite scenes. So I hope you all tune in for that one. And I'll do it. Hope you all enjoyed it. And until then, this is Matthew Boris saying don't have a yeah, don't have a good day. Have a great day. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.